This is The True Investment. Hi, I'm Jay McLaughlin. I'm Aldo Benavides. And we're going to be talking about those things that they never taught us in school. We're here to tell you that there's no shortcuts in real estate investment. What we're going to talk about is just my experience, something that I've been going through for the last 11 years. Burr. Burr, it's a method. You buy, you rehab, you rent, you refi, and then you repeat. So dealing with refinancing, you can buy it and keep it as it is. You can buy it and then keep the tenant inside, or you can buy it and secure another tenant. In fact, I understand there's a woman that she has this niche and she buys, it's like a fourplex. And even if you're on time with your rent, she has everyone out because what she wants to do is set up almost like, um, what do you call it? Not an HOA, but she wants to make sure that the grounds are taken care of. Sure. So everyone has to invest in that, um, that little pot she has, and, and it escapes me right now what it's called. And, and then you can, you can actually refinance. You can refinance right away, or you can wait two years, three years, or years down the road. I'm mindful of, uh, of a deal we had out in, in the, on the north side, northwest side, where there was something that was like a, it was a duplex. So you got it for 85000 and you, um, it needed about $80,000 worth of work. So that's 165,000. But, you know, after rehab value, it was like 270. So, you know, you get 70 to 80% of that, Aldo, and you've, you've got money to buy the property. You got money to rehab the property. You've got a little money for a down payment. So you're, you're in a good situation. Refinancing, I find you have to know those numbers and that's something you're good with. Well, we are good with it. <laughs> because <laughs> Pablo does a lot. Really feel. <laughs> Pablo does a lot of the numbers for our investments, but um, yeah. So on on the refinancing, we've got to start with the principle, right? I mean, what is refinancing, and all it is is leveraging somebody else's money so that you can use it. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that's what the United States of America is all about, right? I mean, there's there, there's people that uh, have access to all these funds and they very low interest rates. And it doesn't matter if they don't own it. They actually leverage that to own the most and then create their wealth. And uh, also, I mean, of all the secure loans, uh, financing of a real estate property is the safest. So normally is the lowest uh, rate in the market. That's what we all listen to this, how, how low the rates are at this moment. And um, the, the question here is always when you're investing, you either can, can, can go f with a property, specifically for one property. You can look at it as a, an investment for equity or one for cash flow. And the example that you were talking about, I mean, yeah, I mean, what are my options, right? I mean, we have if I understand right, 80 and 80, that's 160. So it's got 100 grand in equity there rounding up, right? So the question to that person is, what do you want to do with that money? You can go and refi and if they lend you 80%, then you have um, a loan 
that it's going to be substantially higher. So your rent every month needs to cover the mortgage, the expenses, the HOA, taxes, property taxes. It might be that that uh, monthly cash flow is very little. But if you pull all your money out, it doesn't matter if it's $100 or $200. In in actual numbers, because you have zero money in, your return is infinite, right? Mm. Right. But there might be other people that said, I know I have a hundred grand in there in inequity, but but I'm I, I don't I'm after the cash flow. I want that my rent brings me as much cash as I can every month. More thinking on the passive income. So they might not looking for the two hundred dollars, but maybe five or six hundred dollars. And for that you can keep your original loan. So the the principle of this method again that is pretty controversial. Some uh, investors think uh, that's the wrong thing to do. If you have equity, don't pull out. I mean, just leave as little as you can so that every month your check is pretty high for that property. Other ones say just sell it. I mean, if you already made a hundred grand, why would you work for five years, seven years to make a hundred grand? I mean, they're not controlling the market. You don't know if it's high or low. So just flip it. Just go and sell it. And a lot of investors like myself is like, well, if you sell it and flipping it, then you have to pay 25% uh, capital gain because it's your first year. Well, some of the investors says it doesn't really matter because if I make in 100 grand, well, then I do a 31 exchange or I do uh, pay the 25%. At the end, I made 75 today in net present value. I take those 75,000 75, and I go and putting in another deal. Right. So I'm saving in closing costs for the next deal and financing on all hard money loans. So, I mean, it's controversial. Uh, or I don't even know if the right word is controversial. It's just a different way to do it, right? There, there's not a, a one that is right. And the question here is, what are you after? Are you after the equity? Are you after the cash flow? In the Burr system, the way it was, I think... In the last episode, I said hey, it's, it's the episode for people who have no money like I did. The, 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 the method allows you to, if you only have, let's say the same case, 80 grand, right? Um, if you pull all of your equity out, well, out of the sudden, you have the 80,000, the 80 that you put into it, and then the 10,000, you have 200 grand to, to play with. Right. So that's what the refi system was works for the growth and that's that's what i find individuals who are looking to leverage that money whereby they can go out and purchase another be it a single family home a duplex uh triplex i think that's the when you hear individuals talk about investing with no money down that's what that that's what allows you to go out and get two or three properties that's right now something Super, but the most important probably on this on this part is understanding the requirements of those financing rulings, right? I mean, there's guidance and guidelines, and they change all the time. And it depends on what kind of loan you're going to get. If you have absolutely no money and you're going to use hard money, which is everywhere, a lot of investors tell you that. Don't use your money even. Go and get hard money, private money. Go in, you buy, you do everything. Well, you can understand what does it take to get that loan. Then um, on the other hand, you want the lowest rate possible 
which is a conventional loan with the lowest uh, down payment, well, you need to understand what, what the credit score limitations, you need to understand what the value of the house, how much equity you can pull out, how fast can you do it, uh, if they're going to lend you money for the re rehab or not. I mean, every loan, it's, it's, it's a tool. So all of them have guidelines and they're regulated and uh, they're regulated for avoiding discrimination or abuse of power or this, but, but they're, they're guidelines. At the end, um, all these institutions, financial institutions are selling you a product and a service. I mean, most of these loans are actually gonna be sold after you close and because they make money on the transactions. So all of this is negotiable. Every bank offers you different products at different times. And it's like the insurance. Sometimes, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes the insurance uh, get into a new state and then they go in and they said, I need 30% of my portfolio to be car insurance because it's safe at this point. So they are the lowest competitors. Well, then you have some issue like Harvey where <laughs> 300,000 cars or more got flooded. So that insurance has to make up for those losses. So they are not going to be the cheapest in that state anymore. But there might be another insurance that hadn't even touched Texas and then they come in and they're the lowest one in there. So all they're fighting for is depending on what they do. So you can go here and just, and, and, and by the way, I haven't had any luck getting competitive loans from the big banks. I mean, what you get is from individual banks, like smaller privately owned banks that they're after this capital. I mean, at the end, they have a big bunch of money, all this capital, and they have to spread it around. So some goes into credit cards, some goes into home equities, line of credits, some goes into mortgages, some goes into uh, other securities. But they, depending on what time uh, you walk into that institution is the product you might get. So you, you, the, the first mistake everyone does is, oh, let me go to Chase, right? Oh, JP Morgan is, is pretty big. Let me go because I have a, a checking account. Well, that's not necessarily the case for an investment property. Um, there's also brokers that are specialized just on loans for um, investment properties. Yeah, I mean, they lend you for, for your house if you're in the market for it, but they're after people that make five or 10 closes a year instead of giving you one at a higher price, you know? So they, they, it's, it's super important to, to know what the, the requirements are, that there is a product, have to negotiate. You cannot just sit sit back and, and, and wait for someone to figure it out. And, and you have to figure out who is it. It can be a private uh, lender. It could be a hard money lender. It could be a, a, a bank directly, a broker. And, and this is really, Dramatic. I try to explain to a lot of people. Sometimes uh, they they hear the 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 rates there are on the market currently, and they believe that that's the biggest indicator of an investment be a good deal or not. And what I can tell you is that normally they're not, because if you have a home a home a property that it's undervalued by the time you buy it, and Again, let's say that you're going to buy a $200,000 home and, and you're going to get it in foreclosure. You're going to get it in a short sale or you're going to get it from someone because they had a flood or whatever the reason it is. Let's say that you're going to buy it for 120, um, 
130 and then you're going to fix it and and for 30 40 and capture 20 30 grand um if the interest rate if you are able to get a conventional loan it's your first home and they're amortized at 30 years and the interest rate is three percent you're like you're probably thinking man i'm getting out of the stadium right i mean this is great but if the rate would be seven a lot of people would back down they would be like oh my god i couldn't get a, a, a market loan, right? Well, when you when you actually look at the monthly payment or the PNI, the 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 principal and interest of a loan of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars amortized in thirty years, well, that's like maybe eighty eighty dollars a month difference in the payment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the interest rate is is probably more than doubled, right? But who cares? I mean, is it a good deal or not? I mean, do the numbers. You go in, go and put the 6%, there it is. And if you still can rent it for it and it can do give you the return that you want, I mean, why wouldn't you buy it even if it's at 7%? And, and, and of course, they make a difference when markets are tight. Like this is one of the mistakes that's happening right now. Everyone is like, well, the market is really hot, right? Let's sell homes. I mean, they, let's, let's capture that equity. Well, some of the parts that are driving this is the low interest, of course. I mean, the, the reserve is keeping it low so that people get motivated and buy homes, right? But here's the deal. Why does it matter if the rate is low if the prices of the house goes up? And that's what everyone is doing. Because you walk into buying and if a, a young family were thinking of buying a $150,000 home and the monthly payment all in was going to be, I don't know, maybe $1,500. So now... At 3% or 2.5%, which is the 30 fixed rate right now in the U.S., right? Um, they, they, they can go in, get a $180,000 home for about $1,500 a month. Right. So they feel great. They feel like, man, I got such a low rate. I got the house that I wanted. And, but what is the problem? The problem is that they overpay for the home because they're paying 20% more. Got you. A person, person starting out uh, who hears you talk about the numbers, when you started out, and I know we have a, a few minutes left, when you started out, did you, did you have Pablo to, to, to help you with the numbers or did you, did you feel confident enough to you know, figure those numbers out where I'm going to buy this property because I, I feel good about the numbers here? I mean, it's... it's, it's... It's not only Pablo. I mean, of course, I started by doing it myself and you start developing some tools. There's a lot of tools out there, too. I mean, it doesn't take... It, they, this okay. is nothing sophisticated. So don't let it stop you. If not you, at you don't all. Feel I mean, you, you can be horrible at math. You can do... I mean, you go in and, and put in, in Google today, mortgage cal calculator, right? You get your monthly payment. You go to HAR, right? H-A-R in Houston. Yeah. And you say, you, I would like this property. And right on the bottom, there's a, a, a calculator that tells you what the monthly payment is. Then all the taxes are public. You can go in and see what they pay for that property taxes last year. The only thing that it's a little bit um, uh, hard to get, uh, particularly, is the insurance. You because you can you can insure it for whatever you want. So what we've done before is we we did an estimate, a rule of thumb. We make a couple phone calls. You can get even quotes online. They give you an estimate, right? But as soon as you get it on the contract, then you call your insurance broker. And you said, I have this house. It's this construction. This is this year. 
This is the information I have. And they give you a quote. You're going to need it for closing anyways. Mm. So it doesn't take them but 20 minutes to do it. So no, no. I mean, you you, you can do it. It's, it's, it's extremely easy to do. Now, re- there's a long process here. We're talking about refinancing on the BRR. But this math needs to be done with the t- from the time you buy the home. So by the time you refinance in your, I mean, you know everything on that property, right? You know what your purchase price was. You know what your co- closing cost is. You know what your rehab price was. You know what appraised it went through. So you already know what the appraised value of that property is. So you can easily say, if I get this loan, a new loan, I'm going to get this money back. And then I'm, I'm, I make my estimate of my return based on that. It's the Burr method, Burr, B-R-R-R-R, buy, you rehab, you rent, refinance, and you repeat. You can repeat or you don't have to repeat. Uh, remember, remember what I told you that the, the pretty thing about real estate is that you can stop basically whenever you want? Yeah. Well, that's the last R. <laughs> I mean, if you want to try, right? I mean, that R is critical. If you hated it, right? If you said I have a hardest time doing it, if I, if you said the rent, the the, the tenants are a pain in the butt, well, don't do it. I mean, if it if it wasn't for you, good thing is you didn't have to change everything in, in your life to see if this is what you want to do. So that that is the, the the importance of the R. Not only not only to try to do it again. If you love it and you think you can make money at it, go at it, right? I mean, you can get another twenty easy. Easy. He is Aldo Benavides. I am Jay McLaughlin, and this is the True Investment.